Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We're doing a Marvel thing. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Jim, long awaited, far overdue, we finally got Black Widow. A year late. I would argue more like five years late, but <laughs> it is what it is. There's a lot of social things they had to work around and everything and whatnot. And they had to make sure they built us, you know, something that's fantastic that actually gives Black Widow the credit that Black Widow is due. Jim, what did you think? First thoughts. My first thoughts were, I went into this with very low expectations, because as I've said on multiple occasions, I am a casual Marvel fan. I also am not a comic book guy. So as I've also said before, I had no idea who Black Widow was as a character. So like when she first started to appear in some of the one-off movies before the first Avengers movie, I had no idea, did they create this character for the movies? Was it a character from the comic book? Didn't even care enough to look up to answer my own question. It's like, hey, look, it's Scarlett Johansson being a kick-ass assassin lady. Okay. And I went into this. I had found out before that it's set in between Civil War and Infinity War in the MCU timeline. So I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Kind of boxes in the story. Not expecting a great deal. Hopefully a little bit of an origin story. Although, again, never bothered me at all to not know her origin story. So I found it to be entertaining enough. Entertaining enough. Yes. Very high remarks from Jim. <laughs> I'll pick it a few things later, but again, it was entertaining enough. So that's probably, that's one of the most positive things you've ever said <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's like four and a half stars from the hater. Right, exactly. <laughs> what did you think, Mike? For me, I thought they took what could have been a great spy thriller and they turned it into a half-assed live-action Pixar film. They made what could have been really intense and really deep, and they made it just a one-dimensional family movie with joke characters that just didn't really fit. I thought the story was so simple and obvious that they just kind of stole it from a first-time writer that they found in an indie coffee shop just sitting there with his typewriter. I don't think that I could be more disappointed if they tried to disappoint me. So in your scenario... Indie writers actually use typewriters. Yeah, because, you know, it's ironic. <laughs> they, oh, because they, they're hipsters. Yes, exactly. Ah. They're sitting there in a coffee shop with their typewriter because everybody else uses digital, but I use analog. And it really annoys everyone to have to listen to them clack, 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 yeah. on the typewriter. Yeah, it's almost as annoying as listening to you going clack, 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 clack. And I think that that was what was going through your brain, apparently, while you were watching this movie, because... Mike's watched it twice. I just watched, watched it once. Mike's two-word summation was absolute garbage. Yep. I really hoped that the second go-around would be easier for me, and I would find ways to enjoy it more. 
Nope. <laughs> this almost seems like the opposite of what we usually are. Usually you tell me, hey, just turn off your brain, sit back, and enjoy it. And that's what I did. I wasn't, I mean, there were a few things that popped out at me as a little annoying. But for the most part, I was like, eh, I'll just go with it. It's enjoyable enough, entertaining enough. Again, wasn't expecting anything spectacular. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say I had high hopes, even really. I had no, no expectations. I never watched the trailers. I, didn't re- I knew bits and pieces because it's hard to avoid. Like, I knew Taskmaster was going to be there, which, honestly, actually, Taskmaster is one of my favorite villains. Really? Yeah. The actual comic book character of Taskmaster is so well thought out and so well utilized in so many different ways. I'm like, this is brilliant. They can bring this awesome character in and keep reusing the character in various ways. And they just, the character didn't even trip and faceplant. They like forced it face first into a puddle of mud. I mean, the fight scenes looked cool with the character, but the character itself, it's like, okay, so they basically made it a living android. There's nothing there. So um, again, I'm not a comic book guy. So I know nothing. Like I said, I know nothing about Black Widow. I know. I knew nothing about Taskmaster other than that it was a character. Yeah. And I heard someone say, oh, that thing you saw, that's Taskmaster. I was like, oh, okay. So what is it like in the comics? It's completely different? Yeah, in the comics, obviously, I mean, it's a man, but that's, okay, they changed that, whatever. Spoilers, by the way, spoilers. Spoilers, Taskmaster does not have a penis. (laughs) Squealing tires. (laughs) Dead stop. So, in the books, uh, he's a mercenary that has, uh, what do they call it, like, photomimicry powers. Like, they never really say if he's a mutant or, or what it is, or if it's just, like, a special gene or, or what it, whatever it is. Basically, he sees it, he can do it. Which they kind of show here, but they make it seem like it's, like, a implant in the visor that, like, the visor learns what it is and tells him how, her how to do it. I don't know. They didn't really go into any detail or explain that in any way whatsoever. Yeah, for me, I wasn't even sure if it was a person or if it was an android. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about the character. And so usually it's a mercenary that can hold his own well enough fighting anybody that nobody really beats him ever. Like, it's just like he gets away or they get away. Nobody really wins against him. And a lot of times he's actually used... Not just for like infiltration and stuff, but actually a lot of times they actually use them to train their people. So like if somebody's building an army or something like that, they'll use this guy that knows how to fight in every style, use them to train the troops and what to do and and strategy and how to fight and stuff like that. So like I said, it's a very versatile character and here they use it as robotic villain A. Doesn't get a lot of screen time, doesn't get any kind of character development, doesn't get shit. Like I said... One-dimensional characters. Pretty much everything about this is one-dimensional. Even Black Widow doesn't even get any character development, really. Not really. I mean, you get a bit of a backstory. I mean, we've never really seen in the movies any anything Except about... Except we do. In, like flash, in flashbacks and stuff, we kind of get a little bit of, okay, there's a red room. She was trained from a child. Can't have kids. This, right. movie, this movie didn't do anything to expand on that. Right. That was what, Age of Ultron was when we got the red room flashback? Yeah. When everybody got it, enchanted by the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but there was some conversations here and there, too. Okay. Yeah, it was mostly, we saw a, other dimensions of the character's past in the sense that she had a fake family and through her, quote-unquote, sister, 
we got some insight into more of the Red Room and her, and her quote-unquote mother and her quote-unquote father. But yeah, that was more information. I don't know if it added a dimension, but it was more information than what I at least knew about the character. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really... I, I wasn't expecting it a, a bunch, but I learned more things about Black Widow than I had known before. But again, I know I'm a casual Marvel fan and I knew, knew nothing about the character. Like what, though? That she had a pseudo family, you know, that her fa- that she she thought she was abandoned by her mother, but her mother, ac- she was actually taken from her mother and her mother was compensated, but still tried to find her and ended up getting killed. And that her sister wasn't really her sister, her father and her mother. So that whole sort of fake family that they had. I didn't know anything about that. I knew that she was, my only knowledge of the character was briefly that, that I guessed that she was some type of Russian agent that Hawkeye was sent to kill. But instead, he recruited her into S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that's the only bits and pieces we got from the movies. Yeah, I mean, we got more than that in conversations here and there. But yeah, I mean, I guess kind of where I'm going is how does that change your understanding of the character? Oh, nothing at all. It, it, and that's what I mean by well, that. Well, I mean, I guess I, would, I didn't really look at her as a multidimensional character. I don't really look at a lot. Of, again, I'm a casual fan. I don't really look for a lot of depth in these movies. Some of the other characters have had or interpreted dimensions layered on top of them, but things with with the whole Captain America versus Iron Man sort of different Mm -hmm. viewpoints on superhero thing. But I don't really see too many of the characters being very multidimensional. In general, I mean, the major characters maybe, but I consider Black Widow a secondary character, like her and, and Hawkeye and stuff like that. I mean, we saw more, I guess, dimensionalities of Hawkeye in the movies, that he actually had a family... Then he lost his family, lost his shit because he lost his family. But does that really add a dimension to him? Maybe? I don't know. A little bit. But, I mean, I still feel like we got more out of the Black Widow character in, I think it was Winter Soldier, than we got out of this movie. When she was on the run with Steve, and she was helping Steve out with a bunch of stuff. You mean Infinity War? Or Civil War? Winter Soldier is when Bucky comes back. Yeah, wasn't that the one where... Oh, wait, no. Yeah, it was. Because that's when that's when it gets revealed that Hydra is behind S.H.I.E.L.D. That happens yeah, in Winter Soldier. Yeah, because she's helping him kind of somewhat stay hidden while he's trying to find Bucky, and then they go after the yeah. Triskelion and stuff. You thought you got more Black Widow in that movie? Yeah, the relationship between her and Captain America revealed more about that character than this entire oh. movie did. Oh, okay, I guess that. I mean... And like the way she worked with him and the way she talked to him and stuff like that. We got more out of it than, than this entire movie. Oh, yeah, I, I, I can see that. There wasn't a lot of depth to her interaction. Most of it was left to the other characters Yeah. to fill in the fact that we didn't know who any of the other characters were. So, yeah, I, I would agree. We and really we didn't still get... don't. Yeah, we still don't. Yeah, I, Because I agree. they didn't really do anything with any of the other characters either. They, they made Red Guardian, who is a very strong, I mean, Russian's Captain America. They made him a joke, just flat out made him a joke. And then they made him, like, so minuscule and comparing himself to Captain America, like he had some sort of beef and stuff. He never met Captain America. He never worked alongside. They were completely different generations. Right. Like the guy in the, in the prison. So it's like, how, do, how could you have had a fight with Captain America in 1983 when he was still on ice? Yeah. And that was Ursa Major, by the way. He's another, he's a character. So Red Guardian led, Red Guardian led a, a Russian version of the Avengers called the Winter Guard. Ursa Major was a character in that who ter- basically turned into a big bear. That's why he said, oh, you big bear, as he walked away after breaking his arm. 
there's a couple other references. Like she called him Crimson Dynamo, which is Russia's Iron Man, who was also part of the Winter Guard. But like they, they took all this stuff that was like really serious, really deep, could have been really good, and they just turned it into big jokes through the whole thing. That's really my big problem here is they took what could have been really deep, really interesting characters and possible story points, and they made it, they just took generic action movie, replaced the characters, made them all jokes, and said, here you go. Okay. I mean, it was very much a generic action movie. I mean, I've often said that superhero movies are basically just action movies with superpowers. And this is even less so because now you have mostly not really superpowered people, just really well-trained military martial arts type people. Right. But no one with actual powers, no metahumans. Except for Red Guardian. But then you don't really get to see him do anything. Other than appear to be strong enough that it seemed like he could have just broken himself out of prison. Right. Why he... Which he basically did. Which he basically did, and like why he wouldn't even have been in a more secure facility, a la Winter Soldier or something like that, and maybe be unconscious until they needed him or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it didn't really make sense, but I guess I didn't go into it all that far. I just kind of sat back and watched it. It was very much a generic action movie. Yeah. I mean, look at... The first big action scene in the opening when they're, they're trying to get onto the airplane and they're trying to take off. How many movies have you seen that exact same scene? Oh, yeah. I wrote down that that was a typical action movie silliness in the opening scene. Yeah, that whole exactly. idea with, uh, with them being chased and him, him hanging out on the wing of the plane shooting. And then, and oh, they're going to take off before the cars come and they barely scrape over the cars before they take off. And the plane gets badly damaged and should not have even been able to take off. Right. Yeah, very generic. And again, if you didn't know anything about who those characters were, I mean, the opening credits of the movie roll after that. So you kind of, and she gets called Natasha. So you kind of assume that you know that that's the younger version of Black Widow. But yeah, that opening could have been the opening to any action movie. Right. And then next big action scene, the chase scene when... The Widows and Taskmaster are going after them, and they're on the bike, and then they're in the car, and then they're on the well, even, even going through Budapest. Budapest? Budapest. And they're flying through that. Every single part of that is every chase scene in every action movie you've ever seen. They don't put anything original in any of that. No, I mean, it was well done, but not original in any way. Yeah, it looked nice, but oh, there's yeah. no, like, like you said, the, yes, superhero movies in general are action movies with superpowers. And yeah, they, they use elements of this, but at least they try to be creative in the way they do it. And they try to do slightly different things in the other movies. This one, it was Lethal Weapon over and over and over again. I mean, it was generic 80s action movie over and over and over again. Yeah, and, I would agree. Yeah, there wasn't anything. A, hey, you know what other cool thing happens sometimes? They're fighting when they're falling from the sky. So let's make them do that in a way that makes no sense and could never happen logically ever. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of just over-the-top action. I mean, again, like you said, they didn't really play up the spy angle, but some of it reminded me of, like, the over-the-top sequences in, like, James Bond movies or Mission Impossible, where they just have this ridiculous right. chase scenes and falling from the sky scenes and fight scenes. So it was very much like that. I guess the only unique angle is going back to my lack of penises. <laughs> yeah, but, A lot of female characters kicking ass. 
as about the only thing that was slightly unique about those sequences, but they are, they all were very generic. And on that note, I don't want to put it past and say anything negative about that part. I don't, I don't care though. Like whether they're female or they're male does not matter in the least bit to me. So, I mean, it's cool. I I do like stepping away from the movie itself. I like that women are starting to get more of a prominent role and that they're, they're not being discriminated against in the movies anymore or as much anymore, but you still have to make a good movie. Yes. It seemed like they forgot that part of it. A lot of female characters, a lot of strong female characters, good action sequences and intelligent strategy type stuff by the female characters. Yeah. But yeah, but beyond that, not anything really spectacular, almost as if they felt like checking the box of, are there a lot of women in the movie? Okay, we got that covered without actually thinking about, should we do something meaningful with it? I mean, even the story of making the, the women the widows, the weapons, mm-hmm. by recruiting them at a young age and killing off the weak ones or letting the weak ones get killed off in the training, the forced hysterectomies so that they can't have children, and then mind control initially that they said that like Black Widow was psychologically conditioned, but the new widows actually were chemically conditioned. Yeah. So you made strong female characters who can't think or act for themselves because they're just weapons wielded by a man. But there's also what makes Black Widow an interesting character is, yeah, she's an assassin at times, but she's espionage. She's a spy. She blends in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like you said, Mission Impossible-esque. And they turned all of them into snipers. Yes, it was pretty much just a, yeah, everyone has a gun, a sniper, everyone's an assassin. Yeah, yeah. none of that subtlety. There's no espionage. There's, there's no blending in. There's no anything that yeah. made that character cool. Yeah, because they had that one part in the movie where, they, where the guy's talking about how he has that whole, like, army of, of widows all across the world that he can activate at any time to do things like crash the stock market or make something else happen. But then when you actually see them in action... They are as obvious as they could be, dressed in all black, mm-hmm. uh, carrying around sniper rifles. There's no subtlety. There's no espionage. There's no infiltration. It's just all assassins hanging out on rooftops with sniper rifles. Right, exactly. So yeah, there was no nuance to that aspect of it. Plus the whole idea too is another one of the, again, I guess you could call another action movie type trope, the whole chemical conditioning automatically reversed, but with the pixie dust in the face. Yeah, because these flecks get on your face and all of a sudden they're absorbed and change your brain chemistry immediately. And now you're not confused and angry and violent. You're just normal. But you glow red for a second. But you glow red for a second. Yeah, that was a little bit of a a deus machina. Hey, you're a good person now before you were a bad person. Yeah, so that was a little bit underwhelming from a storytelling perspective. Almost like they didn't try. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the story, it does tie together, but it's not a very impressive story. No, it looks cool. It looks cool. It's It's filmed well. It looks nice. That's it. Yeah. Again, if you have low expectations, then I think it's enjoyable. If you try to look, it starts to, I wouldn't say fall apart, but the third act is not as smooth as the first two acts. Things start to get a little bit Starts to lag a little bit in terms of things take a little bit too long. You, you know where it's going, but it, it takes its time getting there anyway. It stumbles around a bit, plays up a couple of gags a little bit too often. Mm-hmm. Going back to like 
harping on the Red Guardian being a joke thing. Right. Again, and I don't know if that was the reverse sexism of let's make the guy uh, the big dumb idiot and have him do big dumb idiot things because all the other women, all the other characters are women and they're smart. I don't know. But, and then... If they're reversing roles, wouldn't he have been a little more eye candy, though? You would think so, yeah, because he definitely wasn't. I like David Harbour as an actor, but yeah, no. Well, some people are into dad bods. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so they could, plus the other thing that happened to you in the third arc is then the, there were more, there was lots of it throughout the movie, as we've said, but the acceleration of the, this idiotic action movie tropes mm-hmm. in the third arc just gets crazy. And it like, it's like the falling from the sky thing, the, oh, let's attach this magical pixie dust to a grenade so it will explode and release it across the entire room so that you can dust all of the widows at once. But only the dust explodes out. The actual grenade doesn't do anything. Exactly. The grenade doesn't explode in a fireball that, that consumes the, the dust to make it not be effective. And of course, conveniently, they're all in the same room when it happens. That's also toward the end of the movie we actually see that Taskmaster is actually a person. The daughter of the bad guy that Black Widow thinks she killed, but she didn't. And then they, in the penultimate battle... She just conveniently has an extra canister of pixie dust, and pixie dust is Taskmaster, and she's a good girl now. And just happens to know how to get the mask off. Yep, beep, ha- beep, 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 mask off, pixie yeah. dust in your face, fight's over. And the, the person that knows how to fight better than anybody on the planet, she just happens to be able to overwhelm them easily and well enough to be able to do that. Yes. In the most obvious move. And repeated one of her, her, it- sign- one of her signature moves. That they keep having Black Widow do. Right, exactly. They jump up on somebody's shoulders with their legs and then flip them, flip them over. Which is a joke they make the other Widows do sometimes, too. Yes. But... I mean, I do like some of the other jokes, too. Like, how her sister makes fun of her, her hero pose. Yeah, she's a poser. She's a poser. And she just gets down on the, on the ground and then she flips her hair up like everyone's watching her. And then she even does it once and she's like, Oh, that was so gross. That was disgusting. <laughs> So there was humor in it, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, the, the, there wasn't much to it action-wise. You want to talk a little bit about the, the characters, the actors? Yeah, I mean, I think as a, as a whole, all of the actors did a really good job with what they were given. That's a fair statement, yes. It's just they weren't given anything good. Yeah, I, I, probably, weirdly, Scarlett Johansson was probably given the least. Yeah. So she didn't really have much to do. Florence, pew! I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not with that inflection, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she did a pretty good job as Jelena, as but she had some, uh, some good lines. She had a couple of nice moments, but they gave her a little bit to work with, but not much. But I thought that she actually liked her character more than I liked Scarlett Johansson's character. Yeah, I think the only positive thing I really have to say about this movie, other than it looks nice, is that character was done well. It's okay. a different character than all the other characters in the MCU, really. Different type of humor, which is finally very welcomed, because it seems like everybody has exactly the same type of humor in all these movies, and mm-hmm. she's hilarious in a very different way. Yeah, she has good deadpan humor. Yeah, I, I hope she is in more. I hope they keep going with that character. Is she, is she from the comics, or is she created? Yeah, she's from the comics. Okay. So I she believe. did a good job. I, I like her. Uh, Rachel Weiss did a good job of playing their quote-unquote mom. 
I, I joked earlier that basically at the beginning of the movie, they were the Americans. Yeah. They were the, uh, from that TV show, they were basically pretending to be American citizens on a covert spy mission in Ohio to steal some top secret research from a shield slash hydro lab. And then once they got that, they went back to Russia and we found out that they were never actually a family at all. They were just pretending to be a family. So Rachel Weiss plays the mom. Yeah. I'm going to do my impression of her. You okay. ready? ready for it? Okay. I am the scientist robot. That's that, about that's, all you get from her. That's pretty much deadpan. Yeah, that's pretty much all she gets to be. Yeah, she does a little bit of mother-daughter stuff at the beginning of the movie. And then, yeah, she has a weird thing with the pigs. But yeah, she's the generic scientist person. But even that, the stuff that she does, again, it's the way the character is written. But it's so very robotic. Yes. <sighs> and then we already mentioned David Harbour. He plays Red Guardian. Yeah. He was largely comic relief. Yeah. He was the Russian dude Thor. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a fairer way to describe him. And, yeah. and it was fun. And it brought a lot of comedic elements into it. If you don't know anything about the character or anything like that, I could see him as being as entertaining. But I barely know the character in the books. But I know from the little bit I know about that character, way more serious than that. And I know I've said it before that I've got to kind of step back and I pull... The MCU characters are different from the comic book characters. But as I mentioned before in one of our other episodes, there is a core to the characters that they maintain. And they did not... They basically took Deadpool and put him in a Red Guardian costume. Fatpool. Fatpool. <laughs> Russian Fatpool. I, I would agree with that. But yeah, there wasn't much to that. And I already ranted about Black Widow's character. Yeah, that, I mean, again, Star Wars Johansson didn't really get much to do. Yeah, like I said, the more that we talked it out, the more it is clear that it really got little to no character development at all. I don't know if they felt boxed in being in between Civil War and Infinity War because we kind of know what just happened before the right. movie and what's going to happen next. But you would have thought that they could have given us maybe some of her experience of her experience in the Red Room because right. her Red Room was different than her sister's Red Room. Right. So maybe we could have seen a little bit more of that. Maybe some other flashback sequences or something. But yeah, we got very little. It was almost like she was a supporting character in her own movie. Yeah. So I'm going to bounce back to story real quick here. Okay, go ahead. It, it, it really felt like they, they wrote this entire movie around trying to explain Budapest, which was an ongoing joke in the other movies. Yeah, they tried yeah. to explain that in a roundabout way. Why not just show that? Why not start the movie with her in the Red Room and then go to Budapest? <laughs> yeah, because it actually was kind of um, a letdown because I, even in like the first Avengers movie, they had that line when Natasha and, and Clint are like, Natasha's like, uh, this reminds me of Budapest. And Clint's like, you and I have very different memories right. of Budapest. But then we see what happened and it was pretty much lame. They just blew up a building. Well, but they talked about it a couple of times where they explained that they blew up the building to kill him in order to go transfer the shield. And then they had to hide for 10 days and they spent two days in that before, you know, they explained Budapest. Why not just show it? That, that looked like it was going to be way more interesting of a movie than what we got. That could have been more interesting to see. They I, could I, actually use the espionage and whatnot. So to get the information to figure out where he is and use the elements that make Black Widow Black Widow use confrontation and show the relate how the relationship built between Black Widow and Hawkeye. They could have actually done so much with the characters and the story to actually further everything else 
Instead, they just use it as a, a throwaway explanation to Budapest to introduce Yolanda so that we can move on. They put zero effort into this movie, except for the CGI. CGI was good. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. And, and the only by slash espionage type thing was almost like a Mission Impossible ripoff. The, the, the fake. Yeah. Which they did with CGI. Like but when they the, took their face yeah. off. Right. Which is what they did, which is, uh, I, I mean, it, it's been done in other things too, but it was, it's been overdone big time in the Mission Impossible movies. Right. So they basically did that twice, which it was like, wasn't very surprising. Right. But it also was like, oh, okay, so I guess you technically kind of sort of did a spy thing, but eh. Eh. And then the whole pheromone thing was a little bit stupid. Well, that leads into the other point. Like, everything about this movie was also so convenient. Like, how right. could they get out of this? Well, we can make this convenient thing happen. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, she's in a, heli- a remarkably shitty helicopter that's getting hit with a 50 caliber machine gun over and over and over again, but the windows don't break. Gets shot, like, right at her face on the window, bounces right off. Goes through all the metal and mess, but the, it's still flyable. Yeah, oh, yeah. Never- she's fine. It's bouncing all around her, but doesn't hit her. Doesn't hit a fuel line or anything like that. The helicopter's still perfectly functional. Yeah. Uh, and then when she opens up the door to shoot back at them, bullets hit to one side of her and then hit to the other side of her. Right. Conveniently not hitting her while she's standing there shooting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of very convenient stuff like that happens in the movie. So yeah, it is. I'm falling from the sky, but I can happen to land on this platform and brace myself so that I don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much generic action movie stuff. Oh, in a car chase, I happen to crash land exactly where I want to be. Yes, exactly. Or the the scene, or even the weird things like the helicopter was indestructible, but the plane. A guy hits the plane and the wing falls off. Or the right. back part of the wing falls off. <laughs> so the structural integrity of aerial vehicles in this movie was questionable. <laughs> Everything about the movie was questionable. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've argued before about the physics of movies are not the physics of real life, but a lot of it was just kind of silliness to it. There's... You can do it in a more subtle way where it's like, okay, I can suspend some belief and say maybe. But this one is just absolutely, like, it's slapstick. And it's one of those things, like, I didn't really think too much about it while I was watching it. I've only watched it once. You've seen it twice. So it's even worse for you, having seen it twice in 24 hours. But for me, I just was like, eh, generic action thing. I didn't really think too much about it. But yeah, the more I stop and think about it, it was a lot of it that was kind of weak in terms of what we come to expect. Would you say absolute garbage? I don't know if I would say absolute garbage. I, I still think it's entertaining enough, but I mean, it's it's not, again, low expectations. I wasn't expecting this movie to be good. I wasn't even expecting that great of a story. I mean, the fact that it had one, but it should have been better, could have been better, but it's also maybe weird. I don't know, were your expectations impacted by the fact that it was delayed a year or more because it was supposed to come out last summer, but the pandemic delayed it until this summer. I don't know if it would have made it any better or worse because it's still the same movie, but... But again, I had no expectations. Yeah, no like I said, expectations. I, I didn't watch the I didn't watch trailers. I knew nothing about what the story was gonna be. I knew nothing about any of it. I just wanted them to do well for the character. And for you, that was a failure. Absolute failure, because they did nothing with the character. I see that. So we talked a little bit about the action and fighting, mostly that it was kind of generic. 
and nothing really all that spectacular. Is there any aspect of it that you liked? or? Yeah, I mean, the fights themselves were cool to watch. Oh, yeah. They were fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and there are, uh, honestly, there's movies that I watch just for the fight scenes because I like fight scenes. I think the choreography and the way they use Taskmaster in the fighting and the way they bounce between different styles that they pulled from the other movies and stuff, they did that really well. That was awesome. Like I said, it looked cool. The fight scenes were cool. It was well choreographed. I mean, they overused it, but the Captain America-esque use of the shield. Yeah, but they showed he couldn't get it back. Yeah, they didn't have the power. And that's another thing. It's not a vibranium shield. It didn't bounce back. It just got stuck in stuff. Yeah, (laughs) but in some ways, though, again, they made it her, him, whatever, stronger. Yeah, true. There are some cases it seemed like she had super strength. But then couldn't make it bounce back, couldn't make him do anything, was conveniently weak when they needed her to be weak and conveniently strong when they needed her to be strong. Right. (sighs) (laughs) I don't mind when it's done subtly, but when it's done, obviously, like they didn't even try to make it okay. And that's my issue. They didn't even try. Yeah, the more we talk about this, the more I think it wasn't wasn't a very good movie. But If if you watched it a second time, I guarantee you'd be on my side. Probably. Although, again, just like most Marvel stuff, I don't really have any great desire to see that movie again. Yeah. Even if I had liked it more, it's like I'm not really... I I like the Avengers movies. The team-up movies are probably the only Marvel movies that I've actively watched more than once, unless it was something for the podcast where it had been years since I had seen a particular movie. Like when we did our Thor episode, I did have to go back and watch some of the Thor standalone movies because I forgot exactly what happened in them. Mm Mm-hmm. This I have no great desire to watch again because, yeah, there's not much to it story-wise. So, yeah, I mean, I do hope to see more of the characters, like uh, Florence Pugh's character. We, I mean, we, there's an end credit scene, so we see where we think we're going to see her next is probably going to be an appearance in the Hawkeye series, Yeah, would be my guess. And maybe she'll also, you had said that they might be hinting at the Dark Avengers storyline from the comics? Maybe. I mean, I guess... So far, we see this person, who we don't really know who she is yet, recruiting a Captain America and now recruiting a Black Widow. Okay. Which, if it keeps going, we keep getting alternate characters. I'm guessing they're going to go into a Dark Avengers versus Young Avengers. Oh, I could see that. In the long term. So they're starting to build to that while they're doing the more immediate time travel multi-dimensional thing. I could see that, because those characters are not only younger, but they're also smaller supporting roles that probably won't pop up in the other movies and the other storylines. And we also know we have other things like the Hawkeye series and possibly the twins coming back from Young Avengers for Wanda's kids and stuff. Mm. So we know, and maybe Patriot, and we have Ant-Man's daughter. So yeah, we- Stature. yeah, so we can see that coming as a possible Young Avengers, and then maybe the Dark Avengers will be their their villains, and then that's a whole other mm-hmm. branch. But obviously we do have a lot of the multiverse, time travel, timey-wimey stuff happening as well, and maybe that's where the bigger characters, and then space, I guess, too. Yeah. So, so maybe those are the different branches of the Marvel, the MCU timelines that are, are happening going yeah. forward. So, And, I mean, this... I am excited for where they may go with this. It's just this particular movie, it was a quarter what it could have been. Easily could have been. So you wanted more espionage? But what would have made it a better Black Widow movie? 
if they actually utilized the character, it should have been an espionage spy thriller. Okay. Instead, we got generic action movie. And would you have liked to have seen more flashbacks to her actual past? Well, like I said, I think what they should have done, if they were actually going to make a movie and get out of it what they got out of it, it should have started with the Red Room, explained the Red Room, then showed Budapest, which the ending of the Budapest part would be killing the Red Room and recruiting her sister. Okay. It would have ended the same. You wouldn't have gotten the joke Red Guardian character. You wouldn't have gotten the robotic scientist mother. You don't need either one of those in this. So Hawkeye would have been in the movie then? Yeah, Hawkeye could have been into it, in it, and they could have shown the the relationship build between Hawkeye and Black Widow. That would have been nice. Hey, we also could have had Phil Coulson in the movie too. Because it goes back to because it goes back to the time, like you said, when. She got recruited, because as I mentioned earlier, in, in what we were told in the movies, I have no idea if this is accurate to the comics, we were told that originally Hawkeye was sent to kill Black Widow, and he ended yeah. up recruiting her instead, and she explained in this movie this was her final test to prove her loyalty to S.H.I.E.L.D. was to do this, to end, and then, like you said, if that had been the whole premise, would have been more Hawkeye in it, but that would have given you a bit, we would have seen a different Black Widow. But Black right. Widow before she became the Black Widow we knew. And then also maybe of why did right. she want to destroy the Red Room? And, and was it because she wanted it for your sister? Was there some other motivation? Why would she want to join S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first place? Right. What, how, how did Hawkeye convince her? What made Hawkeye decide not to kill her? And what made Black Widow decide, yeah, I should go to S.H.I.E.L.D.? Exactly. You could have still had the, the Widow Army. Yeah. You could have still had the final scenes, whatever, of the Red Room. Only better because it wasn't generic flying city thing that they've done 5,000 <laughs> times already. A lot of the elements, they could add Taskmaster the same or nearly the same. They could have done a lot of the same stuff, made a better movie and actually had character growth. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, originally I had written down that it was a, a decent origin story for Black Widow. But now that more we think about it, it actually was none. No origin story. Right. No character development. And of course, the end credit scene, we see, we see her grave, so we don't really get a funeral, but we see an acknowledgement of her death in Endgame, and how her death could be a motivation for what comes next for a right. confrontation between her sister and Hawkeye. But yeah, other than that, for a movie that was being billed and hailed by many for finally giving Black Widow her own movie, her own due, her own opportunity to tell her own story, it told little to none of it. Exactly. It, it told Yolanda's story more than it told her story. Mm-hmm. I think it's Yolina. Is it? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> when I was taking notes, I couldn't remember what her name was, and I wrote Yolanda. I think, I think uh, Yolanda would make her like Dominican or Latin American. I think Yolina is her Russian sister's name. It's what she goes by when she's undercover. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can buy that. So anything else, or should we go to our conclusions and metaphorical ratings? Well, uh, let's go ahead and go to our conclusions. Okay, do you want to go first, or you want yeah, me to go first? I can go first. Okay. For me, my rating is suicide mission. They wanted to tell a Black Widow story. They sent her on a suicide mission. It worked. She was dead at the end. Wow. The end. That's an interesting and, and dark way of looking at it, but... You're right. It's weird. It's like you had a movie set in between two movies where you knew, and this has happened a lot in other things we've talked about, at no point could you ever think, oh, Black Widow could die. Right. Because she knows she doesn't, but she does die. Yeah. <laughs> you, you already know how she dies. So it's, 
Well, but that's that's never bothered me because I never expect any of the main characters to really die in movies or anything. Yeah, exactly. I, it's more of how they got to where they're going, not if they're going to get to where they're going. Right. And this one doesn't show shit. <laughs> it's just they they center in a stupid mission that wasn't going to go anywhere. Yes. What about you? What do you got? My metaphorical rating is the born sorority. <laughs> Which was one of the first things I said early on in the movie, because when they were so showing the the female assassins that were like mind controlled or in their case, you know, chemically conditioned to be assassins, it made me think of the Jason Bourne series, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. So I was like, hey, it's that, but it's all girls, so it's the Bourne sorority because it's not only uh, her and her sister and her quote unquote, you know, her quote unquote sister, her quote unquote mom. And then all of the other widows actually seemed like I would actually kind of like to see, obviously, it wouldn't be called the Bourne Sorority, but I could see a pretty decent action movie without Scarlett Johansson, just with her sister and the other girls that they freed. That would probably be a pretty kick-ass movie. It would be a generic action movie, but we wouldn't care because it's just those characters outside of the MCU going and doing stuff. Yeah. And that's basically what it really ended up being like. Just like in the Bourne Identity, he wanted to get back to stop the the government agency that that created him this way it was basically they they made the red room the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> but with a bunch of girls instead of a bunch of guys so that's why i call it the born sorority again nothing original in this movie nothing at all but i would say entertaining enough to watch once if you don't give a shit about anything yeah it could be entertaining to watch once i mean it won't make or break anything MCU for you, because it does absolutely nothing to add to it. Except for set up for White Widow? White Widow, yeah. Except to to figure out why some lady wants to kill Hawkeye. (laughs) Vest Widow. Vest Widow? Vest. Vest Widow. Pockets. Pockets. She has lots of pockets. Pockets are nice. Pockets are nice. You can store all sorts of things in the pockets. Yes. Pocket Widow. (laughs) (laughs) Coming to a theater near you. So normally I don't even like acknowledging your puns, but the Born Sorority is clever and that's a good one. Woohoo! Victory! <laughs> the best thing about Black Widow for Mike was my metaphorical rating. <laughs> that's how much Mike did not like this movie. Rolls <laughs> <Goals> reversed. <laughs> Why do I feel all fanboy It's so icky. It's yes. so icky. I want to be the hater again. This feels disgusting. (laughs) We're such posers. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.